0: And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three o'clock hour, Burns
1: and Gambo shows flying by. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday afternoon as we're live from the auction. Who else are you going to hang out, Community out with? Community studios, yes. Yeah, that's true. Husband, your dog. Don't give people choices, Gambo. (laughs) Somebody's listening right now. You know what? On second thought, I should be hanging Mm. out with my dog. What am I listening to these two guys for? This is the dumbest show in Valley Radio. Why would I listen to this? (laughs) Mitch and and Erica, young guys, you got
2: friends. They hang out with you and listen to the show, feel like they're they're hanging out with you? I don't know if they listen to the show and feel like they're hanging out, Mm. but they'll send a text every once in a while. There you go. Yeah. Mitch, you have any friends? None. Yeah, you like Redacted. me. This is Mitch is
1: like me. We don't have any friends. <laughs> see the, a buddy yeah. cop movie in the future, man. You always bitching, Gambo. Yeah, they have. Did no you ever friends.
0: think that maybe there's more to life than being
1: really, really, really ridiculously good looking? <laughs> No. Oh, God, stop. Oh, my God. You would think the soundbite was about he would Seriously, he would think that. He would think that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We it's, are it's, we are living it's, up it's, to our billing today. The dumbest it's, radio it's, show in the valley. It's the Burns oh yeah, and Gambo show. It is Friday. Uh, it is. We're, we're a little punchy because it's been a week, right? started Monday with the firing of Cliff Kingsbury, the resignation of Steve Kime. And here we are at the end of the week, and we're really trying to figure out how legit is the opportunity for the Cardinals to get Sean Payton. We talk about friends. I actually met up with a few friends last night and man, they're being so cynical about it. They're like, there's no way, you know, there's no way they're getting them. There's just yeah. no way. It's not happening. They're not getting Sean Payton. There's no way they're getting. I refuse to get my hopes up that they're getting Sean Payton. Um, there was a report today, and I think it came from the Washington Post, if I remember right, according to Mark Maskey. Uh, he's an NFL insider. He is writing the broncos are the front runner to get sean payton uh he likes the franchise's stable ownership he would be happy to work with russell wilson Man, this is,
2: i have such mixed feelings on this because part of me almost wants the cardinals not to get him so they don't have to give up the draft, draft picks. picks yeah you know so i'm kind of torn right i'm kind of torn because like okay they're the front runners okay as long as you have a great coach that you, you know, your, your next guy or your 1-1A, one one you get him. Man, there's something about having to get up with that draft pick. that just, And I get it. Like, I get Belichick worked out and Parcells worked out and Gruden worked out. I mean, I get it. You can throw it out of my face all day long. I understand that. And a coach makes a big difference, change the culture and everything and this, man, I just don't want to give up those draft
1: picks. I know. I know.
2: I don't want to give up a first-round pick. I don't want to give up
1: a second and a future first. I don't want okay. to do that. Okay, can I make a, a, a general Generalizing station, uh, statement here. Yeah, I've done this show with you now for we're coming up on twelve years. I think recently, especially, you've become somebody who just doesn't want to give up draft picks in general. I've kind of noticed that as a general trend with you that you're you kind of like the idea of hanging on to draft picks. And that, is, is that an unfair oversimplification, no, or would you I, say I think- generally that is accurate that you are not a big fan of giving up draft picks for things? If you're talking about I think that's fair to say
2: if it's something in the top ten. I don't want to give it up. If the Cardinals were picking 24th, okay, I'll take Sean Payton for the 24th pick. Okay. I ain't giving up the third. You know this? The third pick in the draft may turn into five picks. Oh. That okay. might turn into a first this year, a first, a first next year, a second this year, a third next year. I don't want to
1: give that okay, up. Okay, but all oh, right, time out on the floor. I'm not talking about giving up the third pick either. Okay. And, and, and that, that is not, for me, that is non-negotiable. That's a non-starter. No, Kyler, not- Murray. no Kyler Murray next year. Mm-hmm. If,
2: say Kyler Murray misses half the season mm-hmm. or six games, whatever. Do you really want to give up next year's pick? What if that ends up being a top three pick or a top five pick? And what if after next year you're like, this Kyler Murray, he's got to go. I need a quarterback. And you gave away a top five. I don't want to be the Broncos right now. I don't want to be the Broncos. Sitting there, and you need you need you know you could you could you would love to have a young franchise quarterback that you could draft, but you can't because Seattle has your pick.
1: Yeah, I don't think you'd be drafting a quarterback next year though, because you're really kind of married to Kyler for at least two years. With oh, a you oh, you could draft oh, you one. Oh, you could draft. one. you could draft. You draft one if you wanted to. Put but the I, writing on that wall. I think financially, you're kind of married to Kyler. But if and, you
2: but if you had a top five pick next year and you kind of was soured on Kyler, you might be like, look, this is the best chance I have, yeah, to I, get a guy
1: this early. I get that. I, I guess when it comes to a quality guy like Peyton, I'm very much. In the buy now, pay later mode, and I know I don't want to give up number three this so year. I'm really torn on this. No, okay. I won't give up number three this year. Next year's number one. I am very open to having that conversation. Very open Which, to having it, but because I what is, don't know what next year's going to look like, I'm assuming you know, you it's going to be bad. But I have no idea what that pick's going to be a year from now. Not a clue. And the second round pick this year, I think I'm going to get that back in a D hop trade. I'm I'm really not worried about the second round. You're pick talking this about year. giving up a second and a first, I'm like, I'm not doing that at all. We, we
2: talked about that yesterday. I know I don't want to. Do do that.
1: But you said yesterday if the gap between Sean Payton and the next guy on the list is, is great, so wide, then, you might, have then to. you might have to give up this year's second and next year's first. I don't mind giving up this year's second and next year's first because I'm telling you when they trade Hop back, I think they're getting back a second. Or at least they're getting back. I, 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 think, I, think, I think you're going to get that back and so you can part with that and not feel as bad about it. Second round pick this year
2: is gold. It's a good pick. I'm saying you're going to get one back with Hop. I know, but, but you, why not just give him the second this year? And throw in a fourth or a fifth. I, maybe that's enough. I don't know. Maybe that does it for him. I have no idea. All right, so either way, either way, this guy from the
1: Washington Post says that the Broncos are the front runner. Yeah. And and look, he says that. I'll tell you what Ian Rappaport said today on Pat McAfee's show. Going
0: into this, I would have said, I don't know if Sean Caden would go to the Cardinals. Now, I think it's pretty legit. Like Really? Yeah. Like Both them and the Texans have kind of undercover pretty good opportunities because Kyler is different, but Sean Payton's different too, and maybe that works, and he is a great coach and will no doubt give some accountability to Kyler Murray and make sure of it. Um, they're not going to need a clause in the contract, et cetera. Sean will make sure of it.
1: <laughs>
0: He'll make sure of it. I love
1: that.
2: Sean will make sure of it. <laughs> I love that. A clause in the
1: contract. Dude, that's great. Nobody makes better noises during an interview than Pat McAfee. I mean, he just... <sighs> And moans and groans and says,
0: And given how far away he is from the microphone when he stands I up, know. it's incredible.
1: Nobody makes better background noises than Pat McAfee during an interview. Um,
2: now, we asked yesterday, we talked about how, how um, Sean Payton felt about Kyler
1: Murray. Now, oh, is it, I've got it right here. You have the sound? I do. Would you like me to play it? You Wait think? a second. I mean, it, was, that you, was that you, Mitch? I think you, I'm you impressed. you Mitch Fereldis for
2: that. Mitch, I'm impressed. See what happens when you have no friends, you have more time to work, and you do a better job.
1: That's the the, sake? Boy. That's the cake. Me too. Same with me. I have no friends either. You have no friends, so you work hard. Whereas Eric and I, we have friends, so we don't work nearly as hard. You guys don't work as hard. We're a bunch of slack asses. Slackers because you have friends. (laughs) (laughs) If you you dump your friends, you'll be better at work. I was out having a couple beers with my friends last night, and because of that, I am very underprepared for today's show. Very (laughs) underprepared. Sean Payton on the herd back in October. How he would fix (laughs) Russell Wilson. You
0: correct flaws immediately and then we don't worry about how long the process is going to take. In other words, I'd want to cut up today, I'd want to cut up of all Russell's uh, pass plays of 30 or more yards from the field, and I'd want to see if, if, are there some schemes that he – Felt very comfortable with. It's
1: the first thing you do. The second thing you do is he put together a mixtape of Russell Wilson's greatest hits. They did
0: a great job in Seattle of bringing him off of a naked boot and then yeah. pulling up, and we all saw that like throwback to lock it across the field where the ball traveled 60 yards in the air. Right. Um, then I'd want to look at uh, a, another film of his red zone touchdown passes inside the 20. And so w- what I'm asking for from assistants is I'm, I'm asking for some of his greatest hits and to make sure that we have those song lyrics available. <laughs> and if not, let's put them in.
1: Yeah, I tell you.
2: Um, so there are things that he likes about Russell Wilson. Like there are obviously things that he likes about him and he's, you know, talking about what it would take, you know, to get him right and to fix him. That was, uh, you know, back in October, he made that appearance and mm-hmm. talked about correcting flaws and stuff like that. So he's looking at a quarterback and he's dissecting him and he's trying to figure out, okay, here's what I'd want to do and here's how I would do it. And I would cut up these plays and I would see what we do there. So, I mean, obviously he's, he's, he's put his mind to looking at Russell Wilson and figure out, okay, how can I get the best, the most out of him?
1: Yeah. And, and like you say, that was from a few months ago, but obviously Sean Payton, he, is playing the game really, really well, right? Like, it's could it be Denver? Could it be Arizona? I wouldn't be surprised if over the weekend a story is leaked about, oh no, the Texans are legit. They actually have a shot because I think they actually are legit. They have have some things that you would like if you're a head coach. You play that game so that at the end of the day, you maximize your value and you get the biggest contract from whoever's going to hire you. I'll tell you this, Mickey Loomis met with the media today in New Orleans. He's the Saints general manager. He says that the three teams that have interviews scheduled with Sean Payton know what kind of compensation the Saints will demand to hire him. All three were given that permission only after the Saints made it clear that they're not giving Sean Payton away. Quote, we have not settled on exactly what the compensation is going to be yet, but they are well aware that there is going to be compensation. Close quote. Is it? Let me ask you something.
2: Yeah. Is it unrealistic for the Saints to think that a team would give up a top five
1: pick for him? I think it's unrealistic for the Saints to say we are only going to take a first round pick this year for Sean Payton because every first round pick is different. That's what I think is unrealistic. But Denver doesn't even have one. Oh, they have Bradley Chubb. Oh, they have the Bradley Chubb. They, Chup, have, they one. got the, the one right. from they the got they The Bradley Chubb one. They've got one. The Texans have one and twelve. The Cardinals have three. If you're just going to say uh, like a first round, a first round pick for Denver falls under the Gambo criteria. No big deal. I'll trade that. It's like going to be twenty three or twenty four or whatever. That's not that big of a deal because San Francisco. It's not even Miami's pick. It's San Francisco's pick. Through Miami. Through Miami. So that pick's going to be in the low 20s, right? Yeah. Okay. So not every first-round pick is created equal. I don't, I don't think the Saints can just say it's going to be a first-round pick or bust. Well, that, that's a different thing to different teams, you know? Because the Cardinals' second-round pick is not that far away from the San Francisco pick. It's not. Like, it's, it's not, not, not that far away. And if they're satisfied with the Broncos' first-round pick, it stands to reason they sh- that the Cardinals' second-round pick and another and a third or, or a fourth. fourth or something is roughly equal in value to a late first round pick. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, I'm trying to get to that. Oh, I am. And too. listen,
2: and it's not Steve Kime making the pick, so you could give away the second round because he's good in the second round.
1: He's not good in the first round, but he's good in the second round. Look, I'm not saying I want to give away a second and a first. I'm just saying if that's what the cost would be, I'm willing to pay it because I think Sean Payton's that big of a difference maker. Sean Payton and Kyla Murray, I, would, I couldn't wait to see how that would work. I really couldn't. I'd be so excited to see how that works. That could be gold. Hey, I get Just it. I gold. mean, I
2: listen, I, I understand that part of it, too. I mean, something about hiring Sean Payton, Payton is a lot different than
1: hiring any of the other guys. Yeah. I get it. When we come back, so Jay Crowder needs himself a new home. Where are the latest rumored destinations for Boss 9 99? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
0: And Gambo afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Welcome back to Burns and Gambo. We talked about this in the two o'clock hour. If you're just tuning us in, if you haven't heard, there is a I guess, for lack of a better way of describing it, an update on the Jay Crowder situation. He texted a statement, a comment to Chris Haynes of um Bleacher Report, of I think he's with Yahoo. He's also with Turner Sports. Um Um, Quote, I've spoken to every player that I've played with on that team, the Suns, and they have all stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision, and I'm thankful for their understanding. This move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not only me, but my teammates. As you can see from speaking to them and myself in the conversations we've had behind closed doors. I'll continue to prepare myself daily for battle once the call is made, continue to be a leader on the court, locker room, as well as off the court. I'm thankful my teammates appreciate my leadership. I'm confused and hurt. My coaches didn't appreciate the things I brought to our team and organization, and this has nothing to do with financial or contract differences. Close quote. Trade deadline is February 9th. We still believe, although we're running out of reasons to believe, we still believe the Suns will trade Jay Crowder before that deadline on February 9th. It just continues to be teams interested in Jay Crowder. They have not made a deal yet because... You know, there's there's a
2: lot of teams that are are, are in it for the play in game and they're not going to give up one of their valuable players for a, a, a valuable player for the Sun for the Suns, um, for a guy that's going to be a free agent in three months, four months, he'll be a free agent. He's an older player, expiring contract. Teams like Jay Crowder, but they'd like to really get him for not giving up very much. Like, I'll take Jay Crowder. He could be the sixth or seventh guy off my bench, but I'll give you the tenth guy off my bench. Nobody wants to be able to get like, – like, you're not getting you know Kyle Kuzma for him. Some of the names have been bandied about from October to November. To this. You get to the point where, like,
1: that's just not going to happen. Like, you're not getting Jay Crowder for those guys. No, no. I, I, I think at this point most Suns fans realize that to get a guy like that, now you're talking about draft pick compensation. Now you're talking about digging deeper into your roster. It's not just a Jay Crowder trade. I, mean, I, I think at this point, it's less about it's less about that for me, and it, it really has come down to. Are you going to get absolutely nothing for Jay Crowder, or are you going to salvage this by getting something for Jay Crowder? And even though the something might not have been what you envisioned it to be when you started this, it's if a good you're way Suns, to look at it, right? I, I mean, Something's it's better than nothing. It's it's either something or nothing. And it just feels like the closer we get to February 9th, whatever high standards the Suns organization set for what they're going to get for Jay Crowder has really been eroded now. And it's just kind of about, man, it's, it's, you're a couple weeks away from getting absolutely nothing for this guy. Is that really how you want to play it? Or do you want to get something for him? A guy that you can use on the floor.
2: But that's something. You're not going to want that to be a guy that's a something that's got two years left on a deal or three years left on a deal. Okay. You're almost like now. So now you're taking out everybody who has a contract beyond this year. And you're, you're only One looking. One expiring
1: for another, yeah, basically. Yeah, but I
2: think about it. So you're not going to trade. So I you're not, not going to trade Dre that. Crowder for a player that, that you don't love. Yeah. That's, got a three, that's got two years left on his deal. Three I, years left on his deal i don 't disagree with that at all
1: and and i, I, so and you're li- you're it's and I you 're limited and you 're trying to thread a needle here okay i I, I get that, but man we 've had how long i mean right i i, I it seems like yesterday because time's going by so fast, but man i remember I remember the week leading up to the sun's home opener against the Dallas Mavericks, and how you and I both expected that a Jake Crowder deal was going to get done before that yeah. game. that was the last week of October. It wasn't even Halloween. The Christmas decorations were barely in the store, and, and, and now it's January. I, I mean, it's... I got like three houses in my neighborhood that still have lights up. You know, we were at Sanderson Ford yesterday. I noticed there were a couple of houses around there that still had lights up. That's three not houses not in my neighborhood. Hang it on. i always said when the last one goes down, i got a guy in my neighborhood who still has his tree up. Like, you can see it through the front window of his house. It's like, dude. <laughs> First of all, fire hazard. Second of all... Move on. Have you seen him lately? <laughs> no. let <laughs> do a wellness you know check. That's a good point. You know, a should, wellness check. shouldn't laugh about it. Maybe I should be a good neighbor and knock on the door and just make sure somebody answers. That's Eric. That's good. That's smart. I like that. Wellness check might be in order. Um, but but that, that's... I think, and I feel like that's the frustration of Suns fans here when it comes to Jay. Is that we get so hung up on getting the right kind of value back for Jay? Man, that ship sailed a long time ago. At this point, do you want something or do you want nothing? Because we're three and a half weeks away from nothing, from nothing for him. Yeah, and there's got to be
2: somebody that's you know better than some of the guys you have on the bottom of your bench right now that can help you. You take the you take the bottom guys on your bench. You feel like can you get somebody better than Josh Okoji? Like, can you get somebody better than, um, you know, a Dario Saric or a Bismarck Biombo? Ish Maybe Wainwright. not. Dar- look, look at Ish guys. Wainwright. Yeah. yeah, Ish Wainwright, Josh Akoji. Mm-hmm. Can you get somebody better than that for Jay Crowder? And if you can, it might be just okay. You, you take what you can get. But again, like, you look at guys, like, you, you take, like, a Grayson Allen. He's got a D. He's got $8.5 million next year. Do you want it? I don't – you know, you may not want to take on a guy who's got a contract that – that ties you
1: up with more money for next year because the benefit of Jay was it's expiring. And and we we give each other crap, but you're not wrong. That is something that I do not want to do. If it's somebody that you don't like that much and maybe that makes this far more challenging than we're made. We're just, you know, and you see this on social and we talk about it all the time. We make it sound so easy. Just trade them. Just get something. You can't get nothing for them. You gotta go get something. Well, that's a whole lot easier it is to say than it is to do if you've got this rule for lack of a better place, uh, lack a better word, in place, well, we don't want a bad contract coming back. We're going to be stuck with someone we don't want for the next two or three years. If you're looking expiring for expiring, that does make things very difficult. And maybe James, look, if he doesn't get what he wants, if he's looking at it and saying, "I, I can't take that contract back, maybe he is content to wait this out a couple more weeks when he starts to get bodies back. Did you see buried further down the Bleacher Report story from Chris Haynes, the update on Cam Johnson? That is close. 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 According to this story from Chris Haynes, Cameron Johnson has been sidelined since November 4th, torn meniscus. He told Bleacher Report he expects to make his return shortly after the Suns conclude their four-game road trip. They've got two games left on that four-game road trip. Minnesota-Memphis, right? uh Their next home game is a week from last night against the Brooklyn Nets. That would be the earliest he could come back. If he gets back they reevaluate sham it here in another week or so what did kellen say yesterday devin booker's reevaluation is like 13 days away so that's 2 weeks maybe james jones is just is thinking i'm i'm not going to take a bad contract back for jake crowder i'm not going to do something dumb my reinforcements are coming i've got to be patient
2: yeah and then you you get you try to get that team healthy You don't worry about playoff seeding, and you let the chips fall where they may, and you see if you got to play in a play-in game, you play whatever it is. But this is our team. Chris Paul, one one more go-round with the guys that you have. One more go-round. Now, this story did list a bunch of teams. I wanted to mention this. Yeah, I was going to name them, too. Go ahead. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets who are playing really well, but they're without Kevin Durant now for a little while. The Indiana Pacers, which is interesting because that was the team that signed DeAndre Ayton to the offer sheet. The Memphis Grizzlies, whew, I don't know if you want to deal with the Grizzlies. You may end to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they're out of it. I don't know why they would want a guy with an expiring contract, um, but you know, maybe. The 76ers, okay, we've always talked about them as a potential team that could, that could get... And then the Sacramento Kings... Who you know? Try the, the Suns have had some sp- talks with the Kings, especially in the preseason about Harrison Barnes. But uh, you know, as I told you, the Kings were they
1: weren't willing to deal Barnes, but they like him and he plays a lot, and they're actually pretty good this year. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't that out of it. They're the tenth seed right now. I mean they they beat, they beat the Suns tonight, and they have a better record. Yeah, the I guess the so. Suns. I guess you're right, Nancy. isn't that the problem? What's Minnesota's record? Uh, Twenty and twenty-two. Okay. And like there's so
2: many teams that are in it. Like you're below five hundred by a couple of games and you're still in it. The play if there was no play in tournament, it might have been easy to trade Jay Crowder, but there's a lot of teams that are still
1: kind of in it. I got five teams that are out of it. Five. I've got in the West, the Rockets and the Spurs. Everybody else is within a game of the last play in spot. Only the Rockets and the Spurs aren't. If I hold that same standard in the Eastern Conference, I've got three teams that are out of it. Charlotte, Detroit, and the Magic. That's it. Everybody else in the NBA, everybody else is one game back of a playoff spot right now today. Yeah, and those teams are likely to
2: trade. And I think all the good teams are looking at those teams. Because two two things. One those, if those teams can get off of a player who they're not going to keep, that's pretty good. might help them lose some more games and get them a better chance to get one by Yama. Victor Wendayama. Yeah. So yeah. that's why you, you might be able to make trades with those yep. teams.
1: And the, the bigger that list gets, the more trades maybe happen. And then, of course, don't forget, this weekend is the official... Restriction being lifted on DeAndre Ayton and other players as well. Whether that has any bearing on this or not, I don't know. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line? It's open at 620, 620. It's always open during the Burns and Gambo show. When we come back, what is more intriguing for a potential head coach? Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray? Neither? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Soul, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three known teams in the running for Sean Payton. Five teams in all looking for quarterbacks, or looking for coaches, I should say. I was going to make the transition talking about how important the role of the quarterback plays in that search. Sean Payton's been asked about that several times, either on Colin Cowherd's show or doing the Fox pregame show. And he has said repeatedly, and this is not just about Sean Payton, by the way. This is just about any coach coming into any situation. But let's make it about Sean on for a second. He has said it's not really about the quarterback. It's about the ownership, the triangle of ownership, front office and coaching and making sure that everybody's aligned, everybody's on the same page. And I'll be honest with you, it wasn't and this thought just occurred to me, it really wasn't that long ago. We did enjoy that with the Arizona Cardinals in the early days of Steve, Bruce and Michael, that was really part of the – they were all – they all understood their lanes. They all understood their jobs. They were all working in perfect concert with each other. And it worked. It worked I don't know very, how the, very well. I don't know
2: how the quarterback can't be part of the equation. You know, I just don't know how it can't. And, like, the only – the perfect situation would be if the Charges fired Staley and you have Justin Herbert. Okay? Because all of these other teams – like, Denver and the Cardinals have quarterbacks. But you don't really know what you have in those guys. Like, is Russell, Wilson, is Russell Wilson, what was the word we used, cooked? Is he cooked? Yeah. Kyler Murray, he's had a major injury. And, you know, a lot of people question the work ethic and, and whether Kyler will never really be a great quarterback in this league and will just be one of those average guys. Like, if that's the case, if, we're, if Russell Wilson is cooked... And if Kyler doesn't have it in him to take his game to another level where he could read defenses and be great and maybe doesn't have the desire to be great, well, then you, you might be better off in a situation where they don't have a quarterback right. because at least, you know, you're not stuck with somebody like you would be
1: with Denver and Arizona. It's funny because that's just such a radical, differently way of thinking of things but it might kind of represent a shift in how things are changing a little bit because even like four or five years ago it would be oh man you're stuck in quarterback purgatory who's your quarterback you don't know you don't have one what an awful place to be I think you're right you could at the very least make an argument that you'd rather be a team that doesn't know who their quarterback is than a team who's stuck with a quarterback who ultimately isn't the answer right and they're just waiting to find out hey you know what second thought we shouldn't have given Russ that contract on second thought we shouldn't have given Kyler that contract and now we're going to have the to Jay Cutlers and the Ryan Tannehills right. and the, that type of quarterback that just
2: buries teams because you know they're not they're, they're just good enough to where you're like okay we can win eight nine games get to the playoffs we have a chance but they're not good enough to elevate you to win a Super Bowl so it's like you know that's the problem at NFL.com did a quarterback ranking and they didn't have the the, the two quarterbacks for Denver and, and Arizona ranked very high. Kyla Murray came in 16th. This is, and I'll tell you what the ranking is, ranking all 32 teams primary starting quarterbacks at the end of the regular season. Okay. Okay. Mahomes one, Hurts two, Burrow three, Allen four, Herbert five. If you can get the, the, the Chargers are the no brainer. I think if they, that job opens up, you have to take that. Um, Trevor Lawrence six, but let me go down. Kyler Murray 16th, 16th. Mm-hmm. That's not a good place for a quarterback to be. Mm-hmm. Even worse. Is Russell Wilson came in at twenty-seven. Only Deshaun Watson, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, and Davis, uh Davis Mills and Zach Wilson were worse. So Russell Wilson was twenty-seven, Kyler Murray sixteen. You know, once you get to that middle of the pack, like, you know, it's, that's a, that's all it almost like is like a purgatory because you want to have a top ten quarterback. You feel like you have a better chance to win with a top ten quarterback. Once you start getting to 15, 16, 17. A lot of those guys are guys that, yeah, you know, they can win you some games, but you just don't have the faith that they're going to win it all for you.
1: Yeah, no, the Colts, the Texans, the Panthers, they're all in positions where five years ago we said, oh man, what a terrible position to be in. You don't have a quarterback. You don't know who your quarterback is going to be in some ways. Okay, and I just thought of another reason why those teams are in enviable positions. Not only are they in a spot to be able to draft a quarterback, to be able to really choose their own course when it comes to a quarterback rather than have one handed to them if you're a head coach coming in. They also get the opportunity to play with a quarterback who's under a rookie-level contract for the next four years. Man, is that a really big to build deal build your entire, entire roster itself. It's a great point. It's a great really point. big deal in today's NFL. There are a lot go of to people who draft yep. a quarterback yep. and then build for three go years. Go to Carolina, go to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. draft a quarterback, build for three or four years, take advantage of that window. There are some people, uh, people I respect, who really believe that where the Cardinals truly screwed this up, I mean truly screwed this up, was not taking advantage of Kyler's rookie-level window. You know, that that they had this where he just and, and honestly he got J.J. Watt last year. Yeah, but no, I mean, not taking advantage of it by not winning. Right. Oh, yeah. They went for it. They got Roddy Hudson. They got J.J. Watt. They, they traded a first Green. round pick for Hollywood Brown. They oh, they went, yeah, for, they it. went for it. They, they missed. They won one playoff game. Although they, they didn't, didn't win a to playoff, one playoff, game. playoff they, game, they lost. They, one, yeah, they yeah. lost one playoff game. They went to one playoff game. They 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 whiffed on Kyler's window. Look at what the Chargers are doing now with Herbert's window. Look at what the Bengals are doing with Burrow's window. The Chiefs they won their Super Bowl under Pat Mahomes' window, right? The, people in today's NFL think that's actually the key. Is is. Be good while you've got a quarterback under a rookie contract before he costs you $50 million a year, $45 Because when that happens, you're screwed. You can't. You can't get other things you need on your roster to be able to compete. You're going to fall behind everybody. Those teams that are looking for quarterbacks might, you could at least argue, are in better positions than the Broncos and the Cardinals because they are painting on a blank canvas. Yeah, because
2: what's out there? Listen, Derek Carr is going to get traded somewhere. Somebody's going to look at Derek Carr and say, man, you know, he's just one year removed from being a a good quarterback for them. You know, and this year he didn't have a good year. He turned the ball over a whole lot. But somebody's going to trade for Derek Carr. Some some team's going to be like, okay, I, you're the Jets. That guy's b-, because you know Derek Carr is better than a lot of these quarterbacks that are out there. If you're the Jets, your quarterback's terrible. You need to get a new one so you can do that. But if you it just, it's tough to decide if you're Sean Payton. If you're better off getting an established quarterback and Murray's established, he's been in the league for four years. Russell Wilson's established, or going to a team that doesn't have any quarterback and you could do what you said, go the rookie route yeah. or sign somebody or trade
1: for somebody. You have more of a say in it that way. I would I wish we knew it'd require reading Sean Payton's mind or any of these coaches mind, but I, I'm there's no doubt in Sean Payton's mind. I don't know which one it is, but there's no doubt that he between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. He knows which quarterback he'd rather have now who that guy is. I don't know. We're left to parse through media reports and kind of guess, but make no mistake. Sean Payton's a very intelligent football coach. He understands exactly what he'd look at when he's what he's when he's seeing things when he when he looks at them. He knows at the end of the day, you put a metaphorical gun to his head, he's going to tell you Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Don't you think? Like, he knows. Like he's There's one guy over the other where he says, I can fix that. I know I can fix that guy. I know that guy will be great under my coaching. I'm sure there's one he likes better than the other. I'm I still, sure of it. I still go back to something
2: we discussed yesterday It hasn't been talked about a lot. You have a much better chance to win in the NFC than you do in the AFC. In the AFC you're going up against this juggernaut of quarterbacks year in and year out. You're going up against Patrick Mahomes, you're going up against Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. You've got the best of the best there in the AFC. So I think if you look at it that so it may be the you know, you may look at it like that too. Where do I have a better chance to win? Where do I have a better chance? to get a team to the playoffs and have a chance to get to the Super Bowl, and it might honestly be in the NFC. Rodgers and Brady are old. Rodgers may end up in the AFC this year, you know, but both of those guys are super old. And there's Jalen Hurts, and then who else in the NFC? Yeah. What? Jared Goff? No. Matthew Stafford? You don't know what San Francisco has, so you might look at the NFC situation and feel like I got a better chance to get out. Even without a, with a middle tier quarterback, I might be able to get out and make win some playoff games in
1: the NFC. Especially when you consider that that at least a couple of AFC teams are going to draft those quarterbacks this year too. So if you're looking at where are all the young quarterbacks, Houston's taking one. The Colts are taking one, right? I mean, it's just you would more, expect more young quarterbacks headed to the AFC. Now, I'm sure NFC teams will, too, make no mistake. But I I promise you, the Houston Texans are taking a quarterback in the first round of this year's draft. The Indianapolis Colts are taking a quarterback in the first round of this year's draft. I don't know what number they're going to be picking at, but I promise you, those two teams are taking quarterbacks.
2: Well, I took it on the chin with Davis Davis Mills this year, and... Uh, and um, yeah, they should have had the number one pick, except for that win by Lovey Smith
1: on the last game of the season. Yeah, but now
2: they'll be a number two, and they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll very likely take a quarterback.
1: The countdown to Super Bowl Fifty Seven has begun, and Bud Light, Fanduel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. So text the word "Super" to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name starting February sixth, and you could score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you're also going to win tickets to the following events: the Fanduel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, text the word SUPER to 620-620. It's all access. It's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. We previewed the NFC playoff games this weekend. AFC, you're up to bat. What you got? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, the NFC had its chance to impress us as we preview this weekend. Now it's the AFC's turn to see what they got on tap for Wild Card Weekend. Three games on the slate in Wild Card Weekend. And unfortunately, Gambo, I think because of quarterback injuries, we are really being deprived of two matchups that on paper could at least be good. It's hard to imagine Bills, Dolphins, and Ravens, Bengals being good right now given that both the Dolphins and the Ravens might be starting third-string quarterbacks this weekend.
2: Yeah, so injuries to Tua and Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean, they don't have a snowball's chance. The Miami Dolphins are beating the Buffalo Bills the way they are. Look, the Bills are going to be on a mission, obviously. Um, They're a very, very good football team. I think they'll come out of the AFC. I'm going to take Buffalo in the AFC and San Francisco in the NFC. But I think this one, you know, with this kid uh Skylar Thompson yep. being the quarterback. I don't think that, you know and then the other thing is Tyree Kill's banged up, right? I don't even think he's a hundred percent healthy.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um so is Raheem Mostert. His status is uncertain as well. He had surgery on his broken thumb on Monday. So between Tyree Kill, between between two uh, you know, Skylar Thompson, Raheem Mostert getting the start, it's just I, I, you're just asking for too much out of these guys. I, sure. it, it's too bad, because I think if two were healthy... I, I think this had a chance. I still think Buffalo would have won. I think it had the chance to be a competitive game. I really do. The, the, the Dolphins have been really lacking that for a while now, but if they were going into Buffalo with a full barrel ready to go, I think they could give Buffalo a game, and I think they could give us a game that was kind of worth. Now, look, here's the thing. We say this, and, and we'll be wrong about one of these games. One of these games that we think is going to be dog breath bad will end up being all right. Whether it's Seattle-San Francisco, whether it's this game in the AFC, whether it's the Ravens-Bengals in the AFCs. But I don't think you get the
2: upset on the big games. There's some big spreads here. right? Buffalo's favored by 13 in this game. They're not going to lose. yeah. So they're not going to lose that game. The other one was San Francisco, I think, had a big spread. 9.5, 10, I think, is the spread on that one. Now, Cincinnati's favored by 9.5. Could you make an argument that Baltimore gives them a game? You could, because I think, with the, the offensive line issues with Cincinnati, yeah, as I
1: mentioned yesterday, that in combination with the fact that baltimore 's defense does appear to be well built to kind of slow down the Bengals a little bit, they yeah. did it. They did it last weekend, that was kind of a grind game for most of it for Cincinnati, until they pulled it out at they are pulled away. I should say at the end. Yes, you could make an argument that if i 'm going to pick one of the games where it 's going to be closer than I think of those three games. I would pick the Ravens to be close against the Bengals because I think defensively they could give the Cincinnati Bengals some fits out there. Yes.
2: Yeah, they'll load the box. They, they loaded the box 45% of the time last week compared to only 14% the first time they played them. Take away the run. Cincinnati's offensive line is is kind of in trouble right now, especially with, the, with Alex Kappa being out this week for the Bengals. He's their right guard. He's a very, very good player. Um, Kappa, on that offensive line, he had allowed the second fewest pressures among all the Bengals starting offensive lineman. So missing him is going to be a big deal. And, you know, don't forget their right tackle, L. Collins tore his ACL last month. So that offensive line that they worked so hard, listen, after, after last year, that was the biggest thing, is that Joe Burrow's got to get an offensive line. Well, they did. They went out there and they upgraded the offensive line, but now going into the playoffs, that offensive line is pretty beat up right now, so that could be an advantage for the Ravens. So if there's going to be a closer game
1: out of the big spread games, I would go with the Baltimore-Cincinnati yeah, game. Yeah, and, and the Alex Kappa injury is certainly one to keep an eye on it's it's if lamar jackson were healthy i mean man they're i think the ravens have scored like 75 points in the last six weeks since lamar's been there. they can't score they're Wait. averaging 13 points a game without lamar
2: yeah they played five games without him they're averaging 13 points a game they can't score they can't score
1: they can't score no. and, and and now not but that
2: they can win Listen, but their defense is built to play a 16-13 game
1: yeah. They are. They're built to play one of those 17-14 games. And that's kind of the problem. Is I think the Bengals, even on their worst day, they can score 20. And that's probably, I read an NFL.com preview today, and they're not wrong. It's probably going to take about 20 points. And I think the Bengals can get there. No matter how tough the Ravens make it on them, so, I think the Bengals can get there. Huntley's going to play quarterback. Huntley, but the problem is he can't throw the ball deep. He's got a shoulder injury. Well, His it, shoulder's banged up. He can't throw a deep pass at that, all. That's if he plays. He's questionable for the game, too. I mean, it might come down to Anthony wow. Brown as their quarterback. Tyler Huntley's—I mean, I—I I don't know for sure. He's not out. He's questionable, but I, you got to assume at least he's some sort of a game-time decision for this one. Now, maybe he ends up playing. He's played in four.
2: He's played in four games for them, and he has three passes that have gone for twenty yards. Yeah. That's it. They don't, he can't throw the ball down the field. Nope. Cincinnati probably wins, but that if you're looking for a close game, Baltimore's defense can probably keep it close for a while, but I would still expect Cincinnati
1: wins. Yeah, now you're talking among the big spread games, and and just for what it's worth, for those of you keeping track, uh, Dolphins-Bills, that's the Sunday morning game. That's an 11 o'clock uh, kickoff, and then Ravens-Bengals is the Sunday night game. The lone AFC game on Saturday is a fascinating matchup between the 5th-seeded Chargers and the 4th-seeded Jaguars. Yeah. Two quarterbacks under 25 years old. Yep. Two quarterbacks that are future studs expected to be great for years to come that are kind of up and coming rising players in this league Um, for the Chargers. If you're just tuning in the the crazy news coming out of L.A. today, Mike Williams will not play in that game. He was ruled out for that game. He suffered a back injury playing in week 18 in a game that meant nothing to the Chargers. Nothing to the Chargers. And I'm telling you right now, if the Chargers lose this game on Sunday or on Saturday, Gambo, I'm scared. Scared to death as a Cardinals fan who wants Sean Payton, that they will fire Brandon Staley, not only for losing the playoff game, but for playing Mike Williams and others in a game that meant absolutely nothing. Losing Mike Williams in a game that meant absolutely nothing, and then losing to the Jags. They fire Brandon Staley, they hire Sean Payton, and there they go. and I'm so scared of that, and this Mike Williams news doesn't help that one bit, not at all. Yeah, because all it does is like build a case for why Brandon Staley maybe shouldn't be the coach of that he's organization. A spark
2: plug. I don't know that anybody goes on. He's a big go for go for it on fourth down guy. Staley's always been that guy, really big uh, going for it uh, on fourth down. I mean, just the numbers are crazy. How many times he's gone for it? But without Williams, we'll see how that factors in. Travis Etienne could have a big game. I mean, he could absolutely have a big game. I mean, he's uh, been terrific for them. And the Chargers do not stop the run. A terrible at it. They're 28th in the NFL at stopping the run, give up about five and a half yards per carry. So if I'm Jacksonville, I probably want to run the ball a little bit, you know, and 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 take some of the pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. But I would probably still lean towards the Chargers winning this game. I have a lot more faith in Justin Herbert than I do um, in, in Trevor Lawrence, so I would say I, I think, and I don't know what the spread is, but I like I like the Chargers. Chargers in this
1: one. by two and a half is yeah. the spread right now. That that feels about right. Yeah, I mean, like I watched a lot of that game, that playing game between the Jags and the Titans last weekend. Lawrence wasn't 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 he that wasn't, good. He no, wasn't he that wasn't good. good in you the know. second half. I think they had like one first down, two first downs the entire second half. It was a real grind and a real struggle watching them offensively try to move the ball. Now now the Chargers defense it's it's better because they've gotten guys back right. But if Lawrence continues to struggle like that, I agree with you. I think that I think Herbert is the more accomplished quarterback at this point and the one who's a little bit easier to trust. But not having Mike Williams out there is going to hurt. And Brandon Staley, if he loses this game, it's can you imagine those questions post game? You know, like why, why Keenan Allen was playing he's, into the fourth quarter of that game. Justin he's had Herbert, to face those questions all week. I know, was playing into the fourth quarter of a game. He might not have, he met, might not have a chance
2: to answer questions. He might get fired right away. If they, look, they played once before and the Jaguars killed him. So they played earlier in the season. It was week three, so I don't know how much you could take out of it, but the Jaguars won that game by like four touchdowns. So it was a, they clobbered him. Um, they tried to blitz Trevor Lawrence a whole lot in that game, and he ate him for lunch. And then Travis Etienne had you know an incredible game. I mean, 151 yards rushing in that game. So that'll be a... watch. Keep your eye on Travis Etienne. He's gonna... He, he has the potential to be the biggest player, biggest factor in this game.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And of course, from a local rooting standpoint, I mean, I, I think if you want Sean Payton, you root for the Chargers for all the reasons that we just talked about. If you don't really care about that or you don't think Sean Payton's coming here, it'd be nice to see Christian. Christian Kirk's had a really nice year. You know, and I, I know yeah. when, when Kirk got that contract, a lot of people were like, what the hell are they doing? He's He's—I don't know if he's justified that kind of money, but he's played really well this year. And Christian was always—he was good to us, and he was good to the Cardinals. I like him. I—you you say all the time, root for people, not teams. Yes, I found myself rooting for Christian Kirk in that game on Saturday against the Titans. I really did. So I hope he does well. I hope he does well. I,
2: I do, too. I like Christian Kirk. I wish I would have kept him. You know, it was a crazy amount of money at the time, but he
1: seems very justified because he played so well. When we come back, so many stories to get ready for
0: tonight and for the weekend. We'll recap them. The 4 o'clock reset is coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.